Jen's over, sorry to tell some of you that have to go to work today. But, you know, got something to look forward to, right? Hope you're doing good. Hope things are well. Hope you had a good weekend. Maybe you had some fun. I don't know. Seasons are changing. Fall's in the air for people who live on the East Coast. And um, one of the nice things about the East Coast there when fall comes is the foliage. It gets really pretty. Myriad of colors. It's amazing. Anyways, welcome to the show. The show is called Let's Talk. My name is Mike. The email address, if you wish to correspond, is letstalkmike1 at gmail.com. Let's talk M-I-K-E, the number one at gmail.com. So welcome, welcome. This episode, I'm calling it Passing the Test. Kind of like we're being tested, we're being tried, we're being put on the, you know, the, uh, I can't think of the word, I'm losing it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyways, we're being put on the, um, the spot here and we're going to have to be able to stand up to the pressures and what's going on around us. So let's get our show started. We'll start with our prayer, and then we'll start with to get going with the show here. Dear Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you. We know, O Lord, that thou art mighty, thou art holy, righteous. You are the creator of all things. Everything and anything seen and unseen is by your word, O Lord. And we know that our place in your creation, Father God, well, we were lost. We were sinners, or we are sinners. And because of our sin, we are separated from you. But I give you all the glory, praise, and honor, Father, that thou sent thy only begotten Son, Jesus, Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And he paid the price of the penalty for our sins so that we can be reconciled back to you. And I thank you so much, Father God, for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I thank you for all things, all blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first scripture today is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and it says this, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that a great verse? That's terrific. That tells you everything right there. Unfortunately, our Lord, sinless and pure, had to take on our sin so that we can be reconciled back to God. And we just thank him for it. So let me ask you, how you doing so far? You know, not the normal how you doing I usually ask, but about the, since the start of the Build Back Better plan or the Great Reset. So let me ask, are you better off than you were four years ago? Are you better off than you were, say, two years ago? Or are you better off at all? Were you more optimistic? Are you more optimistic about the USA and, you know, the world than you were four years ago? Or do you see the writing on the wall? It's an important question because I hope you do see that writing on the wall. So according to recent surveys, only about 17% of Americans say the country is headed in the right direction. So if you don't feel that the country's going in the right direction, you're actually in the majority. And that's roughly about the same number of people, a little humor here, who probably get their news from MSNBC or CNN. <clears throat> and I guess the demographics are probably very similar. Hang on, I got to get my cat out of here. Come here. Here's 
she running around like a crazy man because I got the office door closed here. So, anyway. So, you know, this isn't breaking news, but I got to tell you, Joe Biden, and I'm going to get a little harsh here, but he's a freaking disaster. He's a bumbling, stumbling, demented, crooked creep. And to, quite honestly, the way I see it, that's just him as a human being. As far as his policies, well, they've caused hyperinflation. The Fed's raising rates at alarming rates of frequencies. Virtually every major stock index is, is hitting bottom. And everyone's savings are disappearing. People today have, like, the most limited savings they've ever had before. Ever before. And if you have a 401k, I, I hate to tell you, that's not doing well either. Not at all. My friend and I were talking recently, and he told me he shot some numbers out at me of his losses, and I was I was flabbergasted. I'm, you know, they were significant numbers. The Dow Jones index is below thirty thousand, lowest in two years, and we have now, un unfortunately, entered a bear market territory. That's not, I mean, this is all of this. I hate to, you know, it's not good news. Not good news. And this Dow Index, lowest in two years. Gee, who's been president for the last two years? I'm just saying. The Dow itself, now these numbers I'm going to give you are all for 2022 alone. The Dow down 18.57%. S&P 500 down 22.51%. NASDAQ down 30.53%. And then let's not forget again, the interest rate from the Fed just went up 0.75. All this man had to do when he took office, <laughs> really, when you think about it, was stay in his Delaware basement and the country would have been fine. I, w I wouldn't have cared. You know, show up for the inauguration and go back to Delaware. Just leave things alone. Go ahead, take credit for it. But instead, Biden and his idiot party pushed through trillions of new spending, which bottom line is it's money we don't have and then wondered why inflation happened. They talk about, well, your grandkids are going to have to pay this back. I'm telling you, your great-grandchildren and maybe even great-great-grandchildren are going to have to be paying this one back. And all it was about was to take away your freedoms, your rights, and give it to them, the powerful, the few. We're looking for a home. And I tell you that because, well, you know what? <laughs> home sales are plummeting. We're trying to sell our home and then buy a new one elsewhere. But this is out of reach for a lot of Americans. It's out of reach for us right now. Prices are climbing, and then Joe wonders why no one with a functioning brain likes them. You know, the numbers, they don't lie, okay? The ones who lie are Biden and the rest of them, but the numbers don't lie. I saw an interesting tweet. I've seen this before, but I got to bring it up again. It says everybody who didn't vote for Trump should look at his 401k today and be thankful that there are no more mean tweets. You get it? So yes, indeed. Thankfully, no more mean tweets. Just an angry, demented man screaming at half the country in front of a blood red backdrop. Now, many today speak of the global elites, those, you know, wealthy few who control everything, those who orchestrate the never-ending manufactured crisis that require them to acquire more and more control. And what comes from that? The curtailing more and more freedoms for us. And, well, actually people all around the world, all countries.
These are the ones who consider themselves above the law. And I tell you, they are above the laws of man, untouchable, unaccountable to anyone. But they're going to have to be accountable to the one they serve, who's the devil. And in the end, they're going to be have to be accountable to the Lord. So clearly, these so-called elites are prepping for the consequences of their quote-unquote great reset. And in they're doing it in ways that are simply not available to us peasants. Yeah, we're the peasants. Despite the current administration's claims that we're not in a recession, more than a third of U.S. families who work full-time, full-time now, get this, year-round, cannot afford to pay their bills. I'll say that one more time. More than a third of U.S. families who work full-time, year-round, cannot afford to pay their bills. Now this I'm going to read to you is some really disturbing numbers for low-income families. Those who earn less than $52,000 a year, and I'm going to stop right there and tell you, that number used to be around $25,000 a year, $22,000, You know, if you make upwards of $52,000, you are considered low income. That's 78% who can no longer make ends meet in their monthly budgets. That's absurd. One in six American households are now be behind on their electric bills, and 3.8 million renters are facing eviction before winter. Because the reason? Well, they can't afford to keep up with their rent. This is all part of that um, Inflation Reduction Act that they passed after they tell us that there's no inflation, but this is part of the Green Deal which is pretty much all that Inflation Reduction Act was about, that and the 87,000 IRS agents that are armed and, you know, ready to come knocking on your door. And that's exactly what's going to happen in, unless something changes this November. You know, I went to the store, and I, I, I say this so often, but this time, I'm man, I, there were shelves top to bottom for rows and rows and rows. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, you know, maybe the White House is right. I don't think so. But maybe we're not in a recession. But my personal opinion is we're starting out a full-blown depression. The cost of goods and services continue to rise. More businesses are closing their doors. And those that do remain open are begging for employees that simply can't be found. Then meanwhile, let's look at another issue. Homelessness continues to increase. Tent cities are exploding across the country. Violent crimes out of control, along with illicit drug abuse, sexual deviancy, the brainwashing of our young children in the sexual and moral perversion, and, well, hatred for their country, for their country's history, for their country's heritage. And unfortunately, because their little minds aren't capable of these sorts of thoughts, they fall into extreme, extreme hopelessness. The, there shouldn't be any questions about why this is. This is what we would expect from a nation that's rejected God and where most, unfortunately, of our pastors have become self-help gurus, nothing more. They are no longer bold preachers of the whole word of God, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. A reporter recently visited some of the most exclusive parts of San Francisco, and he's reported as saying this, and I quote, 
I saw complete hopelessness in the eyes of haunted souls, dragging themselves down the street looking for their next fix. I saw men and women of all ages hunched over on the sidewalks with open wounds all over their bodies. I saw the filthy tent cities stinking with human excrement and strewn with needles and pipes. Now this part here was most disturbing. I saw children staring in horror at people dying right in front of them. If you've never looked at pictures of the Warsaw Ghetto, I would suggest you do that. Because that last line right there, children staring in horror, is exactly what you'll see. So we just remember this is a global takeover. It's not just an American one and not just caused by Joe Biden. Biden is nothing more than a puppet to his globalist New World Order masters, and he's an easy puppet to control. We have millions of illegals flooding across our southern border, but most are not from Mexico. That's sort of a headline. I should have said it differently, but... They're not from Mexico. You know where they're coming from? Venezuela. Now, to them, they're fleeing the horrors of communism. And I say, isn't that ironic? Because that's the same system currently being installed here and across the globe. What they're doing now in Venezuela is taking a plan right out of the Cuban playbook, who back in the 80s decided to open up their prison doors and let all the the worst of them all, get on the boats and come to America. And I remember that specifically because I was in the Marines at the time and we had a respondee influx of these Cubans coming over down in Florida. Psalm 79.1 says, Oh God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. That's so true. The radicalized Democratic Party, listen, is not trying to build back America better, but rather bring it down. Our American way of life hangs in the balance, and watchmen on the wall are waving a red flag for us to wake up before it's too late. You understand what they're doing here? This is what's going on. Under the deceptive title of quote-unquote progressive malevolent forces, They've invaded us to undermine our constitutional republic. America, founded on a covenant for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith in his inheritance, not of socialists and Marxist globalists. And how many Americans know that this is the party primarily responsible for slavery, segregation, slaughter of the unborn, same-sex marriage, and now socialism? That slavery part really gets me because, quote, unquote, you know, most of the African-Americans, um, you you know, they seem to um, go to the Democratic Party as their saviors. And yet that's the very party that wanted to keep them in slavery. And in some ways, in many ways, they they still have kept them in slavery because they have no independence. They have no free thought. They rely totally on the party to support them. So Biden slips into office as an accidental president, much like Carter did. And he's an absolute pawn of the left, no questions about that, who would gain control of the party. And as he signs executive orders and delivers prepared remarks from the propagandists, as I said earlier, he's either ignorant or in denial. Joe is inept. There's no question about it. He's incapacitated and incapable of being the leader of the free world. That's interesting comment right there that I just made, isn't it? Leader of the free world. I wonder how much longer we're going to be able to use the word free. 
So, you know, per, per, perceptive people recognize this is not the traditional party of you know, President Truman and John Kennedy. John Kennedy told us in his inaugural address, the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. With few exceptions, all U.S. presidents identified with Christianity and also our complete Judeo-Christian foundations. But here we have Joe Cool dons his designer sunglasses, shielding him from the reality as he tells us the economy is strong, tells us there is no recession, tells us the airline industry isn't collapsing, doesn't tell us or tries to skew the numbers for the crisis at the border. Inflation's temporary, they say, and our withdrawal from Afghanistan was a success. And here it is, right here. The reason gas prices and violent crime and a fentanyl epidemic exist, well, of course, it's because of Trump or Putin or COVID. And, of course, let's not forget those semi-fascist extremist white supremacists, them conservative Republicans who are a threat to our democracy and undermine our Constitution, saying they want to make America great again. This is about the enemies of America who despise our heritage and the historical values that made us great and the envy of the world. These are the people that are trying to destroy the country from whence all these immigrants want to come to. They are determined to tear it down, make no mistake about it. We live in a deeply serious time, and unfortunately with deeply serious, deeply unserious and distracted people. America's in peril. The world is in peril. We are on the precipice of losing our American way of life. And that's why I emphasize time and time again, this November is the absolute moment of either change or destruction. I want you to think of all the things I've told you over the time of these shows. I want you to look at the numbers. When Joe Biden's on television and he's telling you how great the economy is because of the, you know, his Build Back Better program and now the latest thing is being the, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, I want you to look at the Dow Jones numbers that are just right there on the screen at the same time over in the corner someplace. That tells you what's going on. You know, many years ago when I first became a Christian, and the Lord started revealing to me and showing me of the things to come. A very, very, I, I should say, disconcerting message was always there. Always. Regardless of any, you know, good scenes or happy times, this is what the Lord's always said to me. And I know he said the same thing to so many others because I've heard him testify of it. Know and understand that nothing you can do will ever fully prepare you because you will never be fully prepared. What's coming is unlike anything you can imagine now and you cannot adequately plan for it. You will have your faith and your strength severely tested and you will face fiery trials. You will have to learn to rely on God and God alone like never before. He is your only hope and the only hope of all humanity. Prepare for the tribulation. The time of Jacob's trouble is near. 
and never forget that we overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb, and loving not our own lives, even unto death. We can read in 2 Timothy third chapter, first verse about that. It says this, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. No doubt about it. And I believe with my whole heart, we're there. So that's what the Spirit tells me, just in case you wanted to know. And remember, it says in Galatians, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's Galatians 6, 9. I got to admit, though, it's becoming a real <laughs> challenge for me these days. It's really... It, it's hard to look at what's going on and not become enraged and so angered that you, you know, you, you almost, it, it just locks you up. You, there's nothing you can say. You, you just can't conceive the words that are coming out of their mouth and, and people are like buying into it. I'm not saying that the Republican Party has all the answers because there's a lot of what they're calling rhinos in that party. I mean, they're they're all politicians, let's face it. That's what they hated so much about Trump. He wasn't a politician. He wasn't, you know, having to bow down to anybody. But again, you know, it's a real challenge these days for Christians and to be able to stand strong on the word of God. So why do we care about the world? Why do we care about the worldly realm of politics if Jesus is coming again soon? That's a great question because it does go to the heart of our role in the world as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus told us in John 15 to be in the world but not of the world. He also says before Pilate, if my kingdom were of this world, my followers would fight. And, you know, no questions or no doubt about it. The political realm, it reeks of worldliness. You might even, I guess you say, you know, to borrow a phrase, call it a swamp. It's obvious that Bible prophecy impacts the political realm with forthtelling and foretelling. The ancient prophets often directed their charge to the king in power. A few examples, Moses, you know, in his encounter with Pharaoh, he directly, you know, that was straight to the throne. Samuel called out and then rejected Saul. Nathan called out King David. Jonah preached in Nineveh. And get this, the king was led to repent. In fact, the entire kingdom of Nineveh repented. And their, uh, well, their judgment was stayed for the time being. Of course, they fell back into their sin and whatnot, and God finally destroyed them. But he did relent when they repented. And then we have in the New Testament, John the Baptist. What a guy. As Jesus says, never before in the history of the world has a man so blessed been born. And he, so anyways, he called out Herod, Herod the Tatriarch, speaking truth to power despite the risk to his own life. So you got to remember something. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ who is Lord over all things created, that isn't his. It's all his. And if we believe that to be so, if we believe that the Holy Spirit indwells us, every believer, and empowers the church 
so that even as it says in Matthew 16, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, then our course is clear, absolutely clear. There should be no question about it. And although the final fulfillment of the promises of God, you know, awaiting the return of our Savior King, we must endeavor. We have to carry on. The old adage, right? Don't give up the ship. I don't recall who said it or when or why, but, you know, that's the truth. Don't give up. Don't give in. Those are the two, you know, most important things. Don't give up. Don't give in. You're going to waver. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. There is no question or doubt about it. None whatsoever. But remember always, just as Jesus said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He said also, I will never abandon you. I will never leave you as orphans. He tells us that we are in the palm of the hand of God. Where there is no power or authority on earth, in earth, any, anything created, seen, unseen, that has the authority or the power to take us from him. Try to keep those scriptures in mind. If not the scripture itself, keep the thought in mind. I don't always remember the scripture. <laughs> you know, I didn't say that to my friend. He can tell you chapter and verse and all that sort of thing. I kind of see it different. I see it just as, you know, it's all the same. There was a time when there were no chapters and verses. It was written, I guess you could say, or it was read, you could say, the way I see it, the way I understand it. Just, you know, one thing, the story. Does it really matter what book and chapter it comes from? I guess some people put a lot of, you know, importance on that. My my thing has always been more, you know, here it is. And like I've always said on my shows, you know, go look for it. I've done that so many times. And then, like I've said before, and so many times I've been so blessed with finding not just what I was looking for, but so much more. Because there are just numerous, 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 as a lot of people say, nuggets of gold <laughs> in the word of God that you'll find while you'll look for something else. I know many times for me, I've been reading and all of a sudden a verse pops up and it's like, wow, that's where that is. You know, and <laughs> it's really a great thing. But here's the thing. Can you pass the test? Because we're being tested. We're being tried. The world, the world is out to shut us down. That's their agenda. That's their goal. And so many churches, individual people, pastors, preachers, the whole nine yards have fallen by the wayside. As I said earlier, nothing, nothing but gurus of the time. You might as well go bow down and worship Gandhi or whatever. I don't know. I was being facetious. I hope you know that. The point is this. It doesn't matter what your level of education is, where you went to college, or what your background as a family is. None of that matters. When it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to being born again, kind of some people say, you know, when Jesus was crucified, his hands were spread out to say all, 
all are welcome. For all I have done this. And that is the truth. Absolutely, for everyone. Because, as it's written, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus says, all who come to me, I shall in no wise disregard. So, come to the Lord, humble ourselves, and pray forgiveness and mercy. And then pick up our cross, as Jesus says, and follow him. Follow him into glory. Well, that's it today, folks. Passing the test. We're being tested. We're being tried. Not by God, but by the world. And we can and we will pass the test. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Once again, the email address is letstalkmike1 at gmail.com. That's Let's Talk, M-I-K-E, the number one, at gmail.com. Goodbye, everybody.